Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, Mama. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Sarah here, and we're bringing you another birth story today. But I just wanted to thank you real quick before we hop into the interview for being here, for being a part of the community. We appreciate you so much. Every single message, comment, review, email, all the things that come through. We just appreciate you all so much. And um, we are doing something new. We sent out a monthly newsletter a few days ago uh, to recap the month of June. And we're going to be doing it again at the end of July. So if you got that email, cool. Hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't and you're like, what? I want to get a monthly update from you guys and what's going on, go sign up on our website, dihpodcast.com. Uh, you can download our ebook that's there, the things that made our home birth awesome, and you'll be added to our list, or you can just jump on our newsletter list uh, on the website there as well. We're going to add a little option for you to do that. Just to give you updates on what's going on with the show, recap of past episodes if you may have missed one, and let you know things that are coming down the pipeline all kinds of great things. So that's just a way to stay connected and plugged in with the community more. Also check out our Instagram at DIAH podcast to see all the amazing empowered birth images out there in the world. You know, we reshare a lot from amazing birth photographers and just other uh, powerful magical birth accounts. And we share about our episodes there. The mamas who are on the show send us images from either birth, uh, pregnancy, postpartum, all kinds of great stuff there. So just another way to connect. And if you are not subscribed to the show already, highly recommend doing that so that you don't miss a single episode. And one more thing, if you felt so inspired to drop a review in there in iTunes and Apple Podcasts, we certainly appreciate that and um, have been known to read some on the show. So drop one in there and you might hear a shout out to yourself. Okay, today's birth story, Jen Irizarry. Ooh, this is such a cool story, you guys. So I don't want to give too much um, and I don't want to do any spoilers, but I'll basically I'll take a step back and share with you that Jen's uh, journey to birth really starts years ago when she was 17 and had a life-threatening accident that uh, rendered her cervix torn. And she had to go into emergency surgery as a result of internal bleeding and shock, 14 staples in her abdomen later she was just happy to be alive, as I'm sure you can imagine. And she really wasn't caught up in the conversation all that much of the likelihood of her ability to have children. But then fast forward, when she and her husband, Mike, were trying to conceive, fertility was a very relevant topic. So they went through rounds of unsuccessful IUIs and then began the discussion of saving for IVF. But in the process, she actually started seeing a Chinese medicine doctor for acupuncture and a variety of herbs. Well, that's where I'm just going to stop. And then I'll let you learn the rest in our conversation because I don't want to ruin it because it's that great. So our conversation with Jen, her 
birth, pregnancy, fertility story. And uh, real quick, before that, have to give some love and gratitude to the sponsor of today's episode, Milk and Honey. What is Milk and Honey? Milk and Honey is a breast milk jewelry company. Now, I don't know about you, but I had never heard of breast milk jewelry as a possible thing in the world until just recently as my own breastfeeding journey was ending. And I'm so happy I became aware of Milk and Honey before we were complete with that process because the very tail end, I was able to get enough milk expressed from me, from my breasts to uh, have a custom handcrafted ring made. And so now when I look down at my hand, I get to see my breast milk and I get to tell everyone it's my breast milk. And it's such a cool conversation piece, I must say, when you're out and about somewhere. Oh, I like your ring. Oh, really? Do you? Well, let me tell you about it. Um, But it's not just rings, uh, necklaces, earrings, and they do custom orders too. So if you can dream it, if you can imagine as far as what you want your breast milk encapsulated in and to represent, they can probably do it. So I'm just putting it out there. You can check out their website, milkandhoneywrittenout.jewelry. So that's milkandhoney.jewelry, not .com, milkandhoney.jewelry. And when you go there, type in the code D-I-A-H and you'll receive 15% off of your order. So again, that's on necklaces, um, earrings, rings, and anything else that's there on their site. They can also use encapsulated placenta, which I still have a few of those hanging out in my freezer. So I'm probably going to bust those out, send them on down to Milk and Honey and have something else made. Uh, But those are your options. And it's a really simple, easy process to send in your milk and then just receive your beautiful piece to commemorate your breastfeeding journey in the mail. And it's run by two mamas, two entrepreneurs who are just really passionate about life and want to show their own daughters an example of working hard, helping people and creating beautiful things. And it's really their way to support their families, raise amazing children, and then give the gift back to the community, to women of treasuring that really sacred journey of breastfeeding. So again, milkandhoney.jewelry, use that code D-I-A-H. All right, without any further ado, the amazing story of Miss Jen Irizari. Hi, Jen. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk to y'all. Awesome. We're super pumped to have you as well on the Doing It at Home podcast. And we want to hear your incredible story. And um, your email that you sent us was amazing. So we're just grateful to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much. So kick us off by just sharing with us a little bit about you and your family. Um, So we are from Florida, my husband, Michael, and I, um, currently living in Dallas, Texas. Uh, We relocated about two years ago from Mike's job. Um, So we just finished building a beautiful house here in Texas in November. So I actually moved mid-pregnancy. I was like 27 weeks. And uh, we have our little dog family, and now we have a little baby boy named Mako. That's so cool. And Florida connections, because I'm from Florida as well. So when we first talked, I was like, oh, yeah, another Floridian. (laughs) Yeah, my husband actually went to the same college as you guys. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Gators represent. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Does your Florida roots influence your son's name at all? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we love all things ocean. I love to surf, snorkel, uh, dive, um, everything. My husband um, is obsessed with sharks. He's never missed a shark week ever. And uh, <laughs> he thinks yes. that whenever <laughs> whenever Mako gets older, he um, has a library card and they have all the collections of shark week at the library, the public library. And he's like, I found every single one. Mako's going to see all of them. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. That's, that's right. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. He has an yeah, awesome so. name, Mako. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. We had picked it out years ago. (laughs) I love that. Finally got to use it. Yeah. Well, and it's been a journey to bring Mako Earthside um, that goes back a number of years, actually. And um, I'd love for you to share, just give some context for for listeners, just about how far back your journey goes to. You know, I'll let you share it. I don't want to take anything. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it. you know, it was not an easy uh, task, I should say, you know, getting pregnant is not as easy as people might think. And some people are still lucky. And they're like, yay, you know, first time. But for us, that was definitely not the situation. Um, Once upon a time, I was 17. And I got in a jet skiing accident. 
um, when I lived up in North Carolina. That's where I went to high school and college. Um, so I got in a jet skiing accident. And long story short, um, I had emergency surgery. And uh, I had a tear in my cervix. So I was bleeding internally. So at the time when I showed up at the ER, they didn't know, you know, where I was bleeding from, et cetera, et cetera. So they gave me uh, quite a large incision um, starting from the top of my abdomen down into my pelvis. Um, I had 44 staples in my stomach to give you a rough idea of how large the incision was. And, um, you know, obviously they were doing exploratory stuff, trying to figure out where the bleed's coming from. I lost eight units of blood. So um, I had quite a large blood transfusion. And I almost uh, died and went into hypovolemic shock. But fortunately, uh, that didn't happen. And here I am. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, um, at the time, I, I didn't really, I was 17. I didn't really have any thoughts on having kids at the time. I was happy to be alive. And um, they said, here, you know, you got, um, you have uh, like stitches that will dissolve inside your cervix. And then you get the staples removed. And, you know, your reproductive organs themselves, they look good. Um, so, you know, we, we think you can have children and I was like, okay, well, that's a good enough answer. Cause I'm 17 and I'm trying to go to college right now. So, <laughs> so I was, I was pretty content with that at the time. Um, but you know, then over the years, you kind of start to wonder you're, you know, I was in some serious relationships, um, and with the talks of birth control and things like that, obviously come up in those long relationships. And, um, you know, I just never got pregnant and I was never on birth control. I had tried taking birth control and it just didn't, um, it made me feel terrible. So I just never took it and I never got pregnant and, um, I'm 31 now. So this has been, you know, some time. Um, but when I met and married my husband, um, we obviously weren't, you know, we weren't ready for children, but I still wasn't on the pill. And we were like, maybe we should, you know, look into this <laughs> a little bit further. Like, so, um, I had seen three different reproductive endocrinologists throughout the years. Um, and they do various tests. They make sure your fallopian tubes are open. Uh, they check, you know, your ovarian reserve. And, um, they were like, we don't, we don't see any reason why you can't get pregnant, but we're not sure to the extent of the scarred tissue um, you know, how it's going to happen exactly. You know what I mean? Like, the, yeah, I was so because it was built carrying. up so much that maybe, I mean, sp- sperm even entering up there, is that, is that kind of the, right. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they don't exactly know, you know, um, it's a very intricate system. If you have one fallopian tube pulled by an adhesion, then that fallopian tube might or might not be able to transport or have an egg fertilized in it. Mm. So it's a very delicate system. So whenever you have any type of abdominal surgery, you're always left with scar tissue and yeah. the scar tissue can cause blockages. It can like kind of like endometriosis does, you know, it causes all sorts of um, reproductive issues. So, um, you know, we, we tried, um, in Florida, we actually, when we lived there, we started seeing, um, a reproductive endocrinologist in Fort Lauderdale and, um, her theory on the whole thing was that sperm was not entering, um, into the uterus from the cervix. Um, so we were like, all right, she's like, I think we should try some IUIs and, um, see how that goes. But, that was right around the time we were moving to Texas. We had just kind of found out that we we're going to be moving and we didn't want to start something there because it's quite a long process. So we said, all right, we're going to table this. Uh, we're going to get settled in Texas and we're going to try it again. So a year later, we had come back to it, still hadn't gotten pregnant naturally. Um, we found a, an amazing reproductive, re, uh, reproductive endocrinologist here in Dallas, um, uh, DFW Fertility Associates if you guys, if anyone out there <laughs> in the out. area, yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're really, really great. Um, all of the doctors there are fantastic. Uh, but I saw Dr. Micah Thomas and she was incredible. Um, very supportive through the journey, uh, that I went through cause it was difficult. So, um, so she, her theory was that the eggs were not entering the fallopian tubes due to the scar tissue blocking them in some way, somehow, um, she didn't want to do a laparoscopic procedure because she said that would create more scar tissue and it wasn't worth like wasn't worth the outcome, mm-hmm. you know, to try to burn it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did three IUIs and one um, unmedicated cycle because I had gotten a huge cyst from all the medications um, wow. 
but you know, we did that over about a four or five month period and, um, yeah, it just didn't work for us. And I would say that it, if anything, it had to do so much with the stress because it's stressful. You know, it's medications all the time. It's constant monitoring. It's constant vaginal exams. It's, you know, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a very stressful thing. And, you know, when you want to have a baby, you want to be super relaxed, right? <laughs> That's yeah, always the best. Absolutely. Right. Um, so throughout that uh, process, I was researching, you know, everything IVF and IUI because we were desperately hoping that the IUIs would work and that we didn't ever have to move on to IVF because it's very expensive. It's very invasive and we would have to save up for the IVF. And, um, you know, that was going to be a process. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So, um, so yeah, I started researching, you know, all these things and what I could do better to help help uh, the process be successful. And I came across acupuncture. Um, and I found uh, an incredible acupuncturist here in, in Dallas. And it it's called Jade Acupuncture Clinic. Um, they've got two of them, one in Dallas, one in Frisco. And um, they really specialize in female fertility, infertility. Um, you know, I mean, they can help you with anything from a low milk supply to your IVF cycle, which is really cool. So I started doing um, acupuncture in along with the IUI cycle. And I found it to be really relaxing. Um, my doctor didn't want me to take any of the herbs that they prescribed um, at the time because they weren't sure how they would interact with the uh, gonoleph and all the medicines that I was taking for the IUI. Um, but once we were finished with the IUIs and they weren't successful, I continued on to do acupuncture and my acupuncture doctor said, well, why don't you try the herbs now? Cause she also has an extensive medical background and was able to read my chart. So she was kind of working with my fertility doctor, you know what I mean? As far as treatment and care goes, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it really was great. So, um, she said, you know what? She's like, I think you can get pregnant naturally. And she's the first person in my life <laughs> that had ever said that to me. And she's like, take these herbs. They're like $15 herbs. And, you know, she had a regimen, take so many a day, et cetera, et cetera. She tweaked my diet a little bit to be more alkaline. Um, you know, she said drink room temperature water. And she gave me all these, like, natural things to do. Um, and I did. And I didn't think anything about it. And I had gone back to work. I got hired as a flight attendant for American Airlines because I was like, well, we have to save for IVF. You know, I might as well go back to work, start saving, and I'll be a flight attendant. That way, Mike and I can travel a little bit more before we, you know, go through this IVF process. And I'll, you know, that's it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where my head was at. And that's what I was doing. And that was the plan. Um, I continued to take the herbs uh, because I had bottles of them, you know. So I'm like, whatever, I'll finish the herbs. Can't hurt, right? Um, well, sure enough, I ended up pregnant by. <laughs> thankful accident, <laughs> like within a month or two later. And I couldn't believe it to say the least. Um, so the herbs, um, what they were supposed to do, um, they were commonly used for endometriosis, the specific one she gave me, and they um, increased circulation to the um, reproductive organs, as well as soften scar tissue and adhesions. And I guess taking those, I took them for about four months. Um, and I guess about four months of those herbs was enough to soften my adhesions in my pelvis that had been there for over a decade enough to let an egg be fertilized and implant successfully. Wow. Um, 
So it was pretty miraculous. And I just remember standing in the bathroom with my jaw on the floor, like, no, this can't, this isn't it right. I can't get pregnant, you know? <laughs> so Jeez. Did you that's take... kind of how it all went down. How, how many pregnancy tests did you take until you were like, oh, wow, yeah. okay, I'm actually, I'm actually pregnant? Well, funny story about that is, is that since I had um, just graduated ground school, it was like my first month flying with my new job. And I had, uh, this is in May, and I had just booked um, a Dominican Republic long weekend for my husband and I to be in June. I was so excited. I'm like, yes, you know, we're finally going to get to go back to the Caribbean because in Florida, we got to go visit those islands often. But here in Texas, it's a little more of a haul. So I was really excited to go. And um, I was, I always plan my trips around my period because I hate being on my period at, in a beach trip, you know, like that'll totally ruin your bikini. Like, right. Yeah. So I'm strategically planning this trip in my <laughs> calendar. Um, and then all of a sudden my period's like six days late. And I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. I'm like, maybe I'm still, you know, kind of regulating back from fight school. Cause that was really stressful. And sometimes it gets a little off of stress. So didn't think anything of it. I took a pregnancy test. It was negative. So after six days of my missed period and a negative pregnancy test, I was sure I wasn't pregnant. So I flew down to Miami. I went to hang out with my girlfriend summer. We were drinking wine, you know, just having a barbecue, having a good time. And um, I was super bloated. And I was wondering, I thought it was from flying too much, you know, because I was flying a lot. So I get home here a few days later. My period is now like 12 days late. I'm like, this is absurd. My period's never been 12 days late. I call up my OBGYN and I'm like, listen, I'm going on a vacation next month. I need some birth control to reprogram this thing because <laughs> I'm like, I've already paid for the hotel and I'm going to the DR and I don't want my period. And they're like, are we taking a pregnancy test? And I said, yeah, I took one like a week ago. It's, ne- it's you know, it's negative. She's like, I think you need to take another one. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I'm like, listen I, I can't get pregnant. And she's like, okay, we'll just take a test and call me back and let me know what it is. If it's negative, we'll get you in tomorrow. And I said, all right. I go upstairs, I take the test and I call my husband immediately. And I'm like, you will, I was, I'm like shaking with joy. You know what I mean? I'm like, you won't believe this thing. And so that was it. And I called her back. I'm like, I'm trembling. I'm like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. She's like, yeah, I thought you might be. <laughs> what was your husband's so reaction? Was, he said, that's great. <laughs> he was really excited because he didn't have to spend $30,000 on IVF <laughs> at least, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just like, whew. So that was cool. So we got to buy a house, he said. That worked out Aww. extremely well. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So then what what were the next few weeks like when you are settling into the realization that you're pregnant, something that you didn't think, you know, was possible at times or it could be, but with a lot of work and invasive procedures and money, um, you know, what what was that like? Well, obviously I was really nervous because I was like, this is too good to be true. Like Uh, how can, you know what I mean? There's something like, is it ectopic? You know, because when you have adhesions, you worry about ectopic pregnancy because you don't know what's going on with the fallopian tubes. Um, So I, you know, I immediately wanted to rule out all these things. But at the time, at that time, um, I was seeing my OBGYN, which I had actually only seen one time ever for just a routine pap. Um, because, you know, I, I caught up with all my appointments before I left for Florida and I was right at that year mark. Um, so I had just seen, you know, a, a OBGYN one time in Dallas and then she started me off on my prenatal care uh, because it's all the only person I knew here, you know? So that's how that kind of started. And, um, Yeah, I mean, I I was just extremely, extremely nervous. And once my HCG levels, my progesterone levels, they were just skyrocketing. And I had that first ultrasound and I knew it wasn't ectopic. It just, that first ultrasound, I it was just the best because I knew it was real. I could see it, you know? Wow. And you mentioned um, when we spoke before, you know, we got on this call that you attribute a lot of a lot of this experience to the Chinese medicine that you were, that you were practicing and the, like the herbs and the acupuncture. Um, 
right? I mean, that's what you, you feel like that had a, oh, a lot to do with it. A hundred percent. I think it had pretty much everything to do with it because I mean, um, not to say that, you know, uh, IUIs and IVF, that type of thing doesn't work. It right. does. It's, it's amazing. Right. It's a miracle. We have that stuff, but the fact that, um, you know, I happened to find this practitioner that really knew that I could get pregnant naturally. I just needed, you know, she need she knew the type of health my body needed. I just needed more circulation and to soften the adhesions. Everything else was okay. Um, so yeah, definitely for her. And, and since then I've referred a few of my girlfriends to her that are, have been trying to conceive and have also had fertility issues. And one of them actually just got pregnant. Wow. Um, so it's, so it does work. <laughs> like I've seen it work. It's worked for me. It's worked for people I've referred. Um, so it's that, definitely worth a shot. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if you are at the, at the verge of like, all right, IUIs aren't working. We have to move towards IVF. I mean, even in conjunction with your IVF, you'll mm -hmm. see an 80% high, higher success rate. And these are studies that have, they're, they're well published. You can look them up. Um, as far as um, if you're doing IVF to do acupuncture with it, you'll have a higher success rate. It's a right. fact. Right. So wow. really, really cool. Yeah. So, so then tell us about how that, if it played any role, like this experience, everything that's led up until conceiving right now in your life, what that meant for you as far as a birth plan. Um, well, you know, I guess I had always focused so much on getting pregnant that whenever I got pregnant, I, um, I was like, well, well, now what? <laughs> you know, um, I had always thought home birth was cool. I am a nurse, um, so I have been, you know, a, you know, working in hospitals, and I I did rotation and labor and delivery, and so I, I, I you know, I know what the usual hospital experience is because I, you know, worked there. So um, I was familiar with that. I, I just kind of always thought that I would give birth in a hospital because that's what we do here in America, <laughs> and so that's what I thought would happen. Um, all I knew at the time is that breastfeeding was super important to me. It was the one thing that I really, really wanted to be able to do for my child. Um, so everything kind of started for me around that. Um, so I, uh, I bought this book, um, the La Leche League, um, the, um, the womanly art of breastfeeding. Sorry, I had to think about that for a second. Oh, I get <laughs> um, it. So I bought that book. Yeah. <laughs> so tired. Um, but I, I started reading that book and it's inc an incredible resource for if you're interested in, in breastfeeding and that's what you really want to pursue. Um, and it kind of just like uh, the beginning will give you a natural birth story of just how things are supposed to go in nature without any intervention. Uh, how labor is going to go, how the baby will know to latch um, right after birth, uh, you know, things like that. So I was, I was sitting at the car place getting my oil changed. I'm reading the story and I'm just so like into it. I'm like, wow. I was like, I realized then that the more intervention you have, the more difficult it could be to breastfeed, um, for all different kinds of reasons. Right. You know, I mean, um, it could be, a C-section, you can't move very well. It could just be a number of different right. things. But the more interventions, the more you interrupt the natural process, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, you know, the more, the difficult you might have, um, sure. you know, having a healthy breastfeeding relationship. So, so that was really, really important to me. And then I realized at the hospital, um, and when I was going to my visit at the OB, I was constantly hearing um, the receptionist scheduling inductions and all these things. And I'm like, gosh, you know, I really don't, I really don't want that. And even my OB herself, uh, she had a C-section, she had a breached baby. So she had a C-section and um, my visits, you know, they were just like five minutes long. I never got my questions answered. The office staff was a nightmare. I would wait in the waiting room for like three hours. I'm like, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> like there's got to be. So, um, at that particular time, um, about three, three weeks before I found you guys, I was listening to a, um, a podcast. Um, oh, sorry, Sarah. I got a crying baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> gonna, you know, hold for one second. Sure. No worries. So um, about three weeks before I found your podcast, um, I was listening 
to uh, the Pure Natural Pregnancy podcast, which is um, the hostess is a uh, chiropractor and she lives in the UK. So I learned how important um, chiropractic care was throughout your pregnancy and even for the newborn baby. Um, it was a really awesome podcast. She interviews a lot of other Webster certified chiropractors. So through that podcast, I found out how to find a Webster certified chiropractor, which I did here in Dallas. Her name's Dr. Katz. She's awesome. Um, and then she referred me to my doula, uh, Becky Hines, who was my angel, I swear, the most amazing woman. <laughs> um, and then she led me to my midwife. So that's kind of how it all transpired. Um, I realized that I wanted as least interventions as possible. I had, I was building my birth team um, with my chiropractor and then my doula. And through talking to both of those people, I realized that I was a really good candidate for a home birth. And I was always interested in it. I thought that I wanted to do it for my second child. But since my, the first one, it's like, it's unknown, you know, like, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, will I be able to handle a natural birth? Will I, you know what I mean? So um, that's kind of how it went. And um, my doula gave me the encouragement I needed that I could do it. And um, I started looking for a midwife. Wow. That's so, a really cool chain of events and kind of, you know, connections that led you to that space right? to, to the midwifery care and to that plan. That's, that's really neat. Um, okay. And I just, I would imagine yeah. at that stage that you felt really empowered and supported because it was really kind of a village yeah. that, you know, rallied around mm -hmm. you to, to support you in that decision. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't really have any friends or family out here in Texas and since the pregnancy was so unexpected, I kind of leaned on podcasts and books. And then um, once those first in that first trimester and those first, you know, weeks of doing your research, I'm a research hound. So, you know, of course, I was going at every angle I could. And um, I really found a lot of um, inspiration in the early weeks in that pure natural pregnancy podcast, because in the UK, it is totally, everyone has babies at home. As a matter of fact, you don't actually even go to the hospital unless you're at high risk. So kind of hearing like how normal that is in the rest of the world and why we do things differently here. Um, you know, I thought that was really interesting. And yeah. then of course, as soon as I met my midwife, she's like, have you watched the business of being born? Here, I have it on VHS. I was like, <laughs> I don't have a VHS player, but I, yeah, I was going to say, the real question in this whole story is, did you even have a VCR to watch no. that? That's hysterical. It's, it's on YouTube, though, yeah, yeah. for everyone else out there. <laughs> it's definitely on YouTube. So I watched it on YouTube, and I realized how much, you know, obviously as a nurse, I knew that hospital was big business. But whenever you kind of, you know, look at it from that perspective, you really see... Um, yeah, it's a real eye opener. Yeah. And I know it's very popular. So yeah. Hi, Mako. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. We've got a guest. He's, yes, he's here. He says hello. Because <laughs> he wants to, he wants you to get to the part of how he was born. He's like, talk about me, mom. That's all great. Like all these people, <laughs> yes. like, it's about me. So tell us about Mako's arrival. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That of course is the best part of the whole story. So um, uh, yeah, so my pregnancy was very healthy, uh, you know, pretty uneventful, um, aside of our move. Um, I think that was the most eventful thing in the pregnancy. So that was great. And, um, I, at 37 weeks, I, um, was trying to like do natural things to like, you know, get the process started, like start thinning my, you know, like cervix and things like that. I was taking forage oil, drinking all the teas, doing all the walking, the squats, all the things, right? You know, <laughs> all the things to make sure that I don't go past my due date because I had gained a lot of weight. I gained 50 something pounds. So I was like, if I go to 42 weeks, I am just going to be ginormous. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, this cannot happen. So, um, you know, I was really hoping that he would be on time or early. So, um, my due date came and then when I was going to bed that night in my due date, I'm like, well, my due date just officially came and went. I will probably be pregnant for another two weeks. <laughs> so I'm like, I am just going to not think about it anymore. 
Um, and the only thing that my midwife and doula, well, not the only thing, but the most important thing they said to me w- was when you go into labor, make sure that you are well rested and you eat a good meal. Those are the two things they said to do. They're like, eat something hearty and get some good rest. And I said, okay, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So for weeks, I was like, rested, going to bed nine o'clock, eating like very good meals for dinner. The one night I had just totally given up on the fact that I'm just not going into labor for another week or two. I have a salad for dinner because I was gaining so much weight. I was like, well, this is going to go on for another two weeks. I better lighten up. <laughs> I better lighten up what I'm eating. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I had a, you know, spinach dinner salad. And um, my husband and I stayed up super late watching the Bridesmaids Christmas out of all movies. So I didn't get to bed until almost midnight that night. And um, I went to sleep at 2.30 in the morning. I was in middle dream, like I was dreaming visually. And I shot out of bed with the most excruciating back pain I have ever felt in my life. And it lasted, you know, 20 seconds or so. And my eyeballs were just wide open. I'm like, what was that? Because it was back pain. And I had been going to my chiropractor this whole time. Um, Mako was in the best position. He was LOA. And if you get on the Spinning Babies website and read all that stuff, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, he was in a perfect position. You know, he was head down and everything. He wasn't sunny side up. So to have back labor, I was really surprised. And of course, I'm thinking if I feel labor, it's going to be in the front. It's not going to be in the back. So it really threw me for a loop. So I was like, hmm. I just got up, I went to the bathroom and went back in bed, fell asleep immediately. And 10 to 15 minutes later, same thing happened. I'm like, well, there is a pattern developing here. So I got out of bed and I went into my living room for about an hour just to kind of like, you know, I sat on my birth ball in in the dark and I was like, is this labor? But I, I didn't really know because like I said, it was all pretty much in my back. And I thought that was strange. Um, so I didn't wake up my husband quite yet. About an hour went by and I'm like, well, this is, you know, these are, this is 30 seconds long coming, you know, five minutes apart. And I'm like, this is really consistent. And I guess I'm in labor and it really hurts. So, <laughs> you know, I woke up my husband and I texted my doula at three 30 in the morning, not thinking that she was going to text me back because I, I was like, you know, the message was something along the lines of, I'm pretty sure I'm in labor, you know, just text me when you wake up. I'm okay. You know? Um, she texted me back pretty much immediately. And, um, you know, she had me try different positions and things were like moving and, and progressing. Like it was getting intenser and, um, you know, the contractions were right from the start. They were starting to be like 60 seconds long and five minutes apart, like right from the get go. So she had me time them and send her the log. This is about five o'clock in the morning now. And she's like, yep, you know, um, I'm going to start packing up my stuff and I'm going to head over there pretty soon. So she came over around like seven or eight in the morning. And when she got here, I was, Oh, I was so thankful. She arrived. She was just like this angel that walked in. I, at that particular time I had just gotten out of the shower. The shower was just a miracle. Like that just in early labor, the shower felt so great. So I was like leaning over the bathroom sink, just swaying my hips back and forth through a contraction. And she appeared behind me and put pressure on my hips and it was just oh man I can still feel that sigh of relief (laughs) that I had when she arrived 
Um, so she labored with me for quite a long time. Uh, my labor was 24 hours. Um, so she about, I guess, you know, 11 in the morning. Um, she was like, you know, I think you're, you're getting towards active labor. I'm going to go ahead and call your midwife. The midwife came over, um, right around lunchtime, I guess. And the, the time is a little blurry here. So you had to bear with sure, me a little bit. Cause I, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm like, it could be 11. It could be one somewhere in there. It was daylight. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, and I just keep thinking now with the time frame you just outlined and what you were coming from, I'm like, "Mm, aren't you glad you had that spinach salad and no sleep? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I was already exhausted. And I'm like, get it. Yeah, and and this whole time I had eaten dates like for the end of my pregnancy. I'm like, I am not going to have a 24 hour labor. Nope, no, 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 don't want that. And then here I am, 24 hour labor. And my midwife told me, she's like, that is so typical for a first time mom. And as soon as the whole thing was over, she was like, told you so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I know you're going to be right. (laughs) But um, anyway, so it was about um, about lunchtime. Um, My midwife, uh, her name's Corey, Corey Lively. Uh, she, she came over and she, um, she checked me and I was about four centimeters at that time. Um, so I had done all that laboring and I was like, Oh no, only four centimeters. All right, here we go. So, you know, we kept on, um, you know, she taught my husband different positions to help me and they're like, we're going to go get some lunch. We're going to come back for a few hours and see how things are going. So, you know, they gave me a list of like things to do exercises and whatnot. Um, and so I was doing all those things and it just kept getting more and more intense, just like it should. Things were progressing. Um, and you know, the birth tub was set up and ready to go. Um, so they came back around three and, um, I would say when it started to get dark, uh, what was happening was Mako turned sunny side up, um, because my cervix was dilating, but, what was happening uh, that where the scarred tissue was from the jet skiing accident was not dilating. Um, so it was actually creating like this cervical lip. So his head wasn't able to push through it. Wow. So I got to about, yeah. So we weren't anticipating that. Um, so I was dilating. However, that particular spot of my cervix wasn't. Um, so I got to about seven centimeters. I had a bulging bag of waters um, and he wasn't completely descended into my pelvis because he really wasn't able to with the cervix uh, like that. So they manually broke through the scarred tissue with their finger, literally moved it out of the way with their fingers so his head could pass through the cervix. Oh, wow. Um, and this was all, um, you know, sometime had gone by. The, the assistant showed up, um, the other midwife. Now there's all three of them in the bedroom. And <laughs> I'm definitely in active labor. My water still hadn't broken. Um, and like I said, it was a bag that was dilating my cervix, not his head. So, um, so they did that about two, two times at least because it took, you know, some trying, they were like crushing up all these like natural capsules and things to soften the cervix, um, borage oil, you know, all these things. And, um, you know, it just, it was almost, I mean, it was almost a transfer. It didn't it didn't seem like things were going well at that point. Um, so at a certain point they're like, okay, you know what? I think we should break your water. Um, because I wasn't, you know, he wasn't dropping down. So I said, okay, do it, you know, break my water. So I was at a nine at that point. Um, whenever they broke my water, I went back down to a seven. Um, and Mako just couldn't, he, his head at that point, when they broke the water, his head was cockeyed. So he got stuck kind of in the corner of my pelvis. Um, and he just wouldn't turn and descend. So that's not good. <laughs> so uh, at that point it was dark out. I think it was about 10 o'clock or so. Um, and the midwives came over to me and they said, all right, here's the options. They said, we can go downtown to Dallas, which is about an hour car ride. Um, they will do everything possible to give you a vaginal birth there. Um, we can go to our, we had an, like an emergency plan and then a, like a tra- like different transfer plans, you know, set in place. Right. Um, I said, right. So I said, or they said, or you can go here, um, to the one in McKinney 
they will probably give you a C-section because they're not going to know what to do. Or <laughs> you can get in the tub for about an hour or so and see if you can labor him down and have him turn. And I sat there and I was like, all right, well, she, she said, um, I, I told Mike, I said, pack a bag just in case. You know, I had a list of things I needed just in case of transfer. So I said, go ahead and pack stuff up just in case. And I think this was actually more towards like midnight now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but regardless, um, so I thought, oh my gosh, I can't get in the car right now. Like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I'm at that point of labor where there's just no turning back. You know what I mean? Like, you're just, you're in it. You're like, it's happening. It's got to happen because this needs to be over. So um, I was like, no car ride, not happening. So I got in the tub and um, that's after she had broken my water. And I'll tell you what, that's when it got real because I could feel the contractions in a totally different way um, without the bags of water. And then I started feeling just so much more pressure um, in the rectal area and, you know, in the vagina. And I knew that I'm like, I think, you know, I think it's, starting to be kind of pushy and then they get really excited when you start making those loud moaning noises because then they know they're like all right it's about to happen as soon as you get really loud <laughs> the midwives get really excited because they're like yep it's getting close <laughs> so all that was going down and um the one thing about a home birth that I didn't I did um have any expectations for my birth because I know everybody's birth story is so incredibly different but the one thing that I didn't expect was to be pushing on my back. I was like, that's such a hospital old cool thing. I didn't think that that was going to happen. But um, we went into, we got out of the tub, went into the master bedroom and, um, you know, they checked me again and it was time to push. So, um, you know, that took me a minute to get a hang of like that. That's definitely a learn on the job thing, of course. <laughs> but um as soon as I got the hang of it, I pushed for a few hours, I would say at least two hours. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, I had to be on my back because his head needed to be able to drop below my pelvic bone. So that way he could clear the exits. If that makes sense. Um, for the particular position he was in. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, thankfully I have an incredibly skilled midwife that, was able to get me through this. Um, my doula looked at me after it was all over and she said, if you didn't have Corey, you probably would have been a transfer. And so I am forever grateful <laughs> to those two women, um, you know, because they really made, made it happen for me um, and really supported me throughout the pregnancy and the birth, which is, you know, that's priceless whenever you get that kind of care. Oh yeah. I completely agree. That's amazing. Yeah. What was that moment like when you got to meet him? Oh, I was so exhausted by that <laughs> point. I was just like, I my body, I was body tired, you know, uh, like, you know, your muscles are achy, just, just so body tired. And, um, and my husband caught him, which was so cool. Um, my husband was so excited through this whole thing. He just thought this was so awesome. <laughs> this whole, the whole process. He loved it. He, yeah, he's all, he's, he's off. He's a great guy, but, um, you know, he got to catch him and he threw him right on top of my belly and I just felt this big warm splat and I looked down and I'm like, Oh my God, he has hair. Cause my husband's bald. So that was like, <laughs> the first thing I saw. I'm like, yes, he's got my hair. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool. Oh. And then he he latched right away. Um, so our breastfeeding uh, journey is just how I had dreamed of it, um, which was really awesome. You know, um, I think that everything that I did throughout my pregnancy uh, definitely played a role in mm. that, for sure. And how many weeks is he now? He just turned nine weeks yesterday. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's Yeah, so, so we're awesome. doing great. That's so wonderful. I, I have a one random question and I don't even know if you've explored this yet because nine weeks, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, but do you have any reason to believe or talking with your midwives that, you know, the kind of terrain of your cervix and birth canal now having had Mako 
would you see it potentially being easier in the future or maybe not having, you know, that like with the scar tissue oh, stuff? Like me. I'm just That's curious. Conversation. Yeah. No, no, we have that conversation a lot. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> because I am like, I am not doing that again. <laughs> Unless, um, you know, she said that, um, basically anytime you have like a leak procedure or any type of scarring, any type of scarring from whatever type of procedure or surgery, um, that that tends to happen. Granted, I had a lot more scar tissue in my cervix than someone that had a leap procedure. Um, but she said once the scar tissue is broken through, it's broken through. Mm. She said that most of the time, the second birth, she calls them butter births. Uh, <laughs> they, they come out smooth as butter. Like butter. So, um, That's awesome. Yeah. So wow. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for a butter birth. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, think about the human body and its magnificence. Yeah. It's yeah, for sure. really wild. Um, you must just have such a, a gratitude and a new level of relationship with your body, I would imagine. Yeah. You know, I've never felt stronger mm. and, um, you know, I've always been a strong woman for sure. Um, I think it's just there's strong women in my family, but, uh, definitely, um, I can say in my life that I've been through a lot of difficult things and trying times. And um, I'll tell you what, after like being so empowered to be able to have the experience that I did. And um, when all your friends say you're crazy and <laughs> what are you doing? And there's no way I could do that. And then when everyone like your support team, your friends and family says, wow, like you really did it. Um, it's a really cool like feeling to know in yourself what you're capable of, um, e- even with all the challenges. You know, you just have to, you just have to say, you know what, your body is meant to do this. This is what you were created to do to birth babies. That's what women were created to do. So I have no doubt in my mind that's exactly what my body is going to do. That's- so what I keep telling myself. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. And Jen, I, I really appreciate your, you know, with your story, there was so much trust in yourself and your body, just like what we were saying, so much trust and surrender. And um, I love it. You have an, a really incredible story. And I'm so happy that baby Mako is there just, just doing his thing. And I'm sure he can't <laughs> wait to watch Shark Week with Mike. And uh <laughs> I know, when I is can't wait. <laughs> when is Shark Week? By the way, is it? It's got to be. I know. You got to ask my husband. We, we got to ask Mike. All right, we got to do a part yeah. two where Mike's talking about Shark Week right. with Mako. Oh, he would love it. <laughs> Jen, thanks so much for being on the Doing It at Home podcast with us, and to Mako too. Give him a little baby fist bump for us because we appreciate <laughs> him hanging out and doing the most over there. So, just thank you again, and so much love to you and your family. Same to you. You guys keep doing exactly what you're doing because you made a huge impact um, without even knowing it on my whole entire pregnancy. And I am so thankful to find your podcast. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.